Good afternoon and welcome to the Lots of Matzah Pizza Podcast. I'm Tony Scott. Today's guest we're bringing in comes in from East Grand Forks, Minnesota. His name is Jeff Panzer, and Jeff is a legendary hockey player uh, from Grand Forks, North Dakota, and the University of North Dakota. I've gotten to know Jeff over the last few years in his role as a youth hockey coach. So today we're going to talk, we're going to run the gamut uh, between youth hockey coaching, his hockey playing career, and everything in between. Hope you enjoy the show. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire Well, 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 we finally get you on the show, Mr. Panzer. How are you doing today? Very good. Tough to find me out here in... uh... Actually, North Dakota today. You're uh, fishing today with, or whatever we call that, uh, uh, fishing today with Mr. Osmus and Mr. Parker. Talk a little bit about what you guys have found today on the lakes uh, up near Devil's Lake. Yes, it's uh, it's been an experience. Ice is melting relatively faster than uh, I think we thought it would, but uh, we are out trying to find some perch, walleye, um, kind of whatever bites our meat. Um we got one really, really nice perch and one walleye and looking to find another spot to see what we can uh, end the day with. There's no boys on the trip, just the, just the dads, right? I think the boys were a little smarter. They looked at the weather forecast before we did and decided it was going to be really warm. The ice wasn't going to be that perfect, and they decided to stay home today. Well, we are there. So they're, you're bringing home the loot, right? So a lot, no pressure, right? There is no pressure. We got to bring home all the fish. All right. Well, but, good luck. How far away is that from from Grand Forks? It's it's an hour and ten minutes, probably to the lake. Oh, so it's not that bad. No, it's a day trip. Not that bad. All right. So let's roll up our sleeves today and talk a little Jeff Panzer. We're gonna have some fun here, as you and I always uh, roll up our sleeves and, and talk hockey. This should be no different, other than the fact that now we're gonna have hundreds of people listening to us. No pressure, right? There's no pressure. We always have fun, and let's we'll talk about the easiest thing to talk about is hockey. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So, Especially now when there's none of it going on. Exactly. So these, really these pizza pods, you got. I sent you a couple to listen to, so you get the fact that we're just going to talk some puck and talk about some memories, talk about the, the, the you know how, what the, how the game has changed, how it's getting better, and everything in between. So I want to talk about your childhood, growing up playing hockey, your family, a little bit of background on that. Um, your mom and dad, your come from a hockey family your dad played hockey and your mom's family is uh so much so much of a legendary family in grand forks north dakota actually it's my dad's mom my dad's family the purple side uh my dad's mom oh okay um, sorry yep. when we talked earlier you nope. said about the mom oh, yeah you're right sorry, okay sorry yep. yeah um dad's mom is a purper so it's obviously with Fido purper and the purpers and everything else hockey's always been in our blood so i introduced probably before I was actually born to uh, just, you know, hockey is what we do. And uh, growing up is what we did is watch hockey, played hockey, and, and, and follow the things around Grand Forks, North Dakota, which is a lot of hockey too. So 
um, yeah, it's, it's one of the things I didn't know anything different. I grew up with it in the backyard and, and down at the park and, that's kind of how we just it kind of kind of spiraled from there, I guess. And your dad played a little bit of college hockey, JV hockey, right? Yeah, he uh, you know played through high school and played in a little bit of JV at UND, and then um, just uh, decided to get a job. And but it never left his passion, and I think his passion he instilled in both me and my brother um, just to love the game and, and embrace the game and have fun playing the game. And, you know, that's what I did at, at a very young age and continue to do it uh, today, I guess. What's your first memory of a North Dakota hockey game, University of North Dakota? Uh, there's so many because I grew up and, you know, one of my best friends was uh, Johnny Spicer and his grandpa is Serge Gambucci. And Serge back then was a radio voice of the UND games. Yep. So me and John back in, uh, you know, six, seven, eight years old, Serge would always bring us to the games. We'd sit up in the press box and watch, you know, my, I guess probably my first real recollection was the 1987 team with Tony Herkus, Bob Joyce, Steve Johnson, the Herkus Circus line, uh, Eddie Belfort, that group. But we got to watch those guys, you know, every single night when they were at home and didn't realize what we were even watching. Didn't watching history, watching probably one of the greatest college teams ever to of play. all time, yeah, yeah, not and, just North uh, Dakota, but all of no. college hockey. Oh yes, I mean they, they they did things that nobody will ever do again, and that you know at uh, so I was seventy nine years old. You didn't realize what you were watching. So I mean that's probably my first recollection of watching real hockey. And once you see that, I guess if you're a true hockey player or a true athlete or that burning desire kind of sparks a flame and 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 run with it if you can, I guess. So you play youth hockey in the Grand Forks uh, Youth Hockey Association. Any any coaches stick out to you who were who were mentors to you as you were as you were growing your love for the game? Yeah, I mean, I had I had all I mean all kinds of different coaches. Matt Mom was one of the coaches that started me as a very young kid. I look back at pictures and I didn't realize it until I look back at the pictures that he had me when I was a mite, and then I had him as a squirt, and then I had a different Pee Wee coach. And then I had him as a Bantam. Um, so he's one of those guys that um, he was always there and uh, showed me the ways to uh, to kind of do what you have to do and and uh, and play the game the right way. What was what were some characteristics of Matt Malm that, that stand out to you and maybe now you're as a youth coach that you might kind of lean on uh, as a coach today? It was always working. It was always working hard. It's every every player has this different skill development. We know that. Yep. And he always pushed working hard. So it doesn't matter what your skill level is. As long as we work hard, you're going to eventually get the results that you're looking for. So that's kind of what I got out of it. And uh, and that's kind of the same way I do things now. It's, it's, it's work hard and see what happens, guys. We Was, know there's scores. We know there's checkers. We know there's this. We know there's that. But if we all work hard, the game is a lot easier to be played. Uh, was Matt a dad uh, of a buddy of yours, or was he just a volunteer? He was a volunteer. Okay, oh, that's even better. Uh, your high school coach was Chuck Ness. Talk about Chuck's uh, influence and coaching style uh, at Grand Forks Central. Yes, Chuck, Chuck Ness was, uh, he was one of the, my first real, you know, big influences. When you're a Bantam and you've been playing youth hockey, and then you get into, you know, in, in your mind, it's the real deal. High school hockey for a kid that... Is, is a real deal. And, 
he let you know that no matter how hard you thought you were working, you weren't working hard enough. Right. And, and he let you know it, you know, you couldn't make a mistake because there was three kids on a JV team that wanted your spot. And he just instilled in you every day you come to practice and you have to earn your next shift, your next game. And that's, that's a tough for a lot of people that are, you know, kids to realize that they're not asking a lot out of you, but if you just give it your best and work your hardest, you're fine. But if you take it for granted, guess what? Sometimes you might lose a starting, you might not get into the lineup the next weekend or whatever. So I think I learned that real quickly. You left your senior year, which was somewhat controversial at the time to go play in the USHL. Uh, was that a big deal to you or did, what, what was the decision behind that? At the time, I guess I didn't even think about it. Um, um, I, I was, uh, been talking to Steve Johnson who was coaching at the, in the USHL and said he really wanted, uh, me to come and play. And I didn't realize that by doing what I was going to do, I was going to go play against 20 year olds right? and decided to do it. And one of the decisions that you, you make, and it was the best decision I ever made for my hockey career, just cause I had to get better. I had to get faster. I had to get stronger. I had to work on things that I probably wouldn't have worked on because I, you know, I just, I wouldn't have done it. And so it was very controversial, especially in ground force in the quarter where everybody played bottoms. And everybody and knew everybody, there. right? Yep. And you played your high school and you did this and you did that. And if you went on, you went on. If you didn't, you didn't. And nobody really said anything about it. So for us, it was hard. It was a hard decision. We had four of us leave that year. And uh, it wasn't the easiest thing to do. But looking back, it was the best decision I ever made to go play juniors and, and uh, you know, continue on on my path. Did you look up to Steve Johnson? Did that have something to do with it? Well, for sure. Like I said earlier, um, watching him in 87 and seeing what his career went, and that's, that's what I wanted to do. I mean, I wanted to play college hockey. Um, and as he's going to be the coach and I get a chance to play for him, and hopefully I gain some knowledge from him or he teaches me something that I didn't know, which he taught me more than I even thought I could know. And, uh, you know, to, to get better, uh, it was one of those decisions that looking back now, is kind of a no brainer. I'm going to, we'll go back to that in a second, but I'm just going to fast forward to today. There's a lot of kids from North Dakota, uh, Fargo and Grand Forks, even Minot now, uh, and, and Western North Dakota that are really blossoming as hockey players, but when you were in the mid-90s, there weren't a lot of kids from North Dakota that were notching Division One scholarships. No, there wasn't. There wasn't. There was a lot of, I don't think there was a lot of exposure. I don't think, I don't, I, maybe I don't know exactly what it was. Um, there is a lot of them now. Um, and, and that's great for North Dakota hockey, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. The kids and the coaches are doing a great job to develop these these players and, and things like that. But, yeah, back in the day, there was there wasn't a lot of everything. And it was kind of one of the things. If you stayed and played high school, you were going to play high school, and then you were going to go get a job and or go to college or whatever you were going to go do. And it was an opportunity to do something a little different. And uh, I took, uh, I guess, a chance to do what I did. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of one of those crazy things. I was interviewing uh, Grant Patolny, uh, another uh, Grand Forks native, about his recruiting decision and, and going to Minnesota and all these things. And one of the things that Grant said was, if it wasn't for the Panzer brothers, the 
the thought of going and playing Division One hockey for a kid from Grand Forks or Fargo was not even really a thought. And if it weren't for you guys, uh, the, the ground that you guys laid for everyone else, it may not have happened for, for he and Danny Ehrman and Ryan and all those guys that came after. Yeah, and I, and I think that, uh, I think I, I said, I, you know, I left my junior, or my senior, I mean, and then my brother went and played in Sioux City, and I think I think we just, hockey was in our blood, and it was something we didn't want to quit. And, you know, in order to do that, you have to, you have to leave and have to try to get better. And I think kids saw that, and if it was inspiration, that's that's great. Um, looking back now, it, it's great because it's okay if you're ready to leave, and and it's time to go. It's great to go out and spread your wings and see where this great journey of the game of hockey is going to bring you, because it's brought me nothing but joy and and great friendships and and great memories. So if you're ready and it's time and you got to leave Grand Forks or Fargo or wherever. Why not, wherever it is and wherever that is to go. And that's what you're doing it for. Um, uh, you know, my, my blessings are always with you because um, when you're 40 some years old and, and you think back to your memories, yeah, you have those memories, but it, you hate to have any regrets. And that's kind of how I live my life. I don't want any regrets. So you played an additional year after playing one with the Fargo-Moorhead Bears. You have an additional year with the Fargo Ice Sharks. And Tark Howard's your coach. Scott Koborinski's your coach. I'm sure this is the year where you really blossomed, you know, as a a 19-year-old versus as as an 17, 18-year-old the first year. Yeah, I mean, at 17, I I, I guarantee it. At 17, I know for a fact I had more points as a 17-year-old. As I, you know, I, I know for a fact I did, but um, as a person, as a player, as really respecting the game and understanding what it's going to take to actually crack a lineup in the college rankings, I learned a lot about that through those guys. They taught me, they, they made me play defense, which I didn't know much about right. as, a, as a scoring forward. And uh, they taught me things that I didn't know as a, as a, as a player then and worked on that stuff. And, and you realize that as you, as you kind of move on, I think every year, you, if you're really involved in, and you want to get better, you have to take all the, all the coaching you can take it to heart and, and try to become a better hockey player and a better person. So that same year, your brother Jay's up North in Grand Forks an hour North up in Grand Forks, winning a national championship, quite a uh, year of hockey, you know, for your family where this is, you can kind of see, the rise of your family and, and, and the mark you're about to make on college hockey. Well, when you see him win that, and I actually, uh, he was playing juniors there, and uh, it got done. We got done, and he was still playing, and mom and dad, they were going into this Milwaukee, and they were going to pick me up, and I was so frustrated that I didn't go watch it. Really? Back, yeah, I was, you know, we just got, we were done with the playoffs, and we were, our season was ended and every kid knows and every person knows when your season comes to an end, there's a lot of um, guiltiness or what didn't you do right or why is it right. over? So you have to have that little time. And they called me the day of the morning of their head. They were driving to Milwaukee and they said, who wants to pick you up? And I said, no, I don't go on to watch another hockey game for at least <laughs> 36 hours. I, I need a break. And now looking back and not knowing obviously that they were going to win it all. Right. Um, and and they end up winning it all. I kind of look back now and said, "Gosh, I wish I'd have been there to experience the whole deal." Yeah, that would have been pretty cool. 
So you play four years at North Dakota. Your third year was the big year uh, where you guys win a national championship out in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, walk through that process, that season. What made that season so much special than, than the others? Well, I mean, every year you have different situations. You know, I think our first two years, they, you know, if they were coming off one of my freshman year, they are coming off of national championship we had all everybody coming back and nobody left early nobody signed early we had the same kind of group of guys the core group of guys coming back and then we got beaten in the regionals and the next year we got beaten in the regionals and my junior yeah my junior year we had a group that we kind of looked at each other and said well we know we're not as skilled as we were the last two years right but you know what this is the best group of guys i've ever met we stay in touch and we found uh, a way to win as a group um, hung out if it was watching movies if it was fishing if it was hunting if it was playing cards it, just a, a group of guys that you can never ever get back because when you, you realize you have enough there and everybody bought in and everybody did the right things and made the right decisions and uh yeah we ended up winning a national championship is uh one of those great moments i guess in my hockey career uh, Brian Lundbaum, a, a Roseau guy, seemed to have a ton of points that same year. Was he? He must have been a limeade of yours. Yeah, I mean, we kind of me and Brian always talk about it. We were pretty much inseparable, um, even the year before. Um, it was uh, Jeff and Brian, and then we'd come in the locker room, and uh, the right winger was always a, a mystery to us. <laughs> we, uh, was, Lee Gor- two- was Lee Gorn on those teams? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. Lee was there, but Lee and uh, Lee played with us, you know, a little bit. But this, they never could find, I guess, a guy that thought like me and Brian, mm-hmm. which is all everything fast. Everything had to be fast and and kind of out of control. That's how we played. But me and him had a. It's one of those line mates that you really you don't you don't get those all the time. And we we could kind of tell each other what we were doing without looking at them or without even knowing. We just kind of reacted to each other. So it was uh, it was great to play with him, and I knew he could shoot, and he knew I could pass. So I phoned him where he could shoot, and he phoned me where he needed the puck to get to, so I could pass it back to him. Right, right. Um, before we started the show, uh, we talked about greatest games, and one of your responses was every game against the Gophers was the greatest game. Can you elaborate a little bit about that rivalry? Yeah, I mean, look. Gopher UND series in when I grew up was that was it. I mean, it didn't matter that if it, it was a national championship game, a regular season game, a conference game. Uh, it did not matter. That was what UND for us for sure put on the schedule as the game of the year. And yes. uh, I got uh, it's funny. I was talking to you earlier. Uh, my mom brought over a, a camcorder, and I watched a couple videos of us playing uh, the Gophers. And the chills go down my spine watching those games because the excitement is still there. <laughs> and, you know, we don't play them as much anymore, but they, those games to me, uh, they meant more than anything. You could, we could have went two and 29 and it wouldn't have matter if you beat the Gophers twice. It and that would have been right? the best thing. No, it didn't. I mean, it was, it was a rivalry that I don't think in college hockey will ever be replaced back in at that time. It, it funny, I, you should mention that you you talked about the Hercus Circus. I was in college from '86 to '90, so I got to see a lot of the. I saw the Hercus Circus. They came early fall of that 
86-87 season. I'm still mad to this day about a, a cross-checking penalty called on Lance Pitlick in that game that cost they got a power play and beat us on that Friday night. I'm, I'm still mad about it. Uh, isn't that weird well, that that rivalry, you have these little instances where where the Gophers had great glory, and, the, and, and then there's moments where UND had some unbelievable glory. And that's the best part about it. It's a 50-50 rivalry, you yeah. know? You know, back then, I mean, that that's that's a team, you know, we were just University of North Dakota back in the day. It seemed like you're just a little school out of ground for North Dakota and you're chasing the big M. Like, yeah. that that's It's the big M. I mean, nobody, it's still the big M. And everybody knows that. And, you know, for us to just compete and battle and, and we had very good success. I, I laugh and I talk about it all the time. I think a guy could go back and look at my stats. I think half my stats I got were scored against the Gophers, to be honest. I mean, yeah, those games I got so up, fired right? up for. It was, it was so exciting to play. It didn't matter if we were in, 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 in Grand Forks or if we were in Minneapolis. I mean, it, it was such a great rivalry. And the fans hated each other, and we hated the guys on the ice. But at the end of the day, you know, we'd see, you know, I got great friends that I played with after the fact that were from, you know, Minnesota. And, and I got guys now that, you know, I'll talk to all the time. And But it's just how it was. It was, it was it's the craziest thing alive. It's so funny is I was, uh, and you know these guys, I was, run, you know, I run youth tournaments, so I have my fair share of meeting former Badgers and Gophers and Bulldogs and Sue and and here's this guy, and you, you'll get a chuckle of this, David Hoekstein was probably one of the, oh. the guy I hated most as, well, as a fan, just hated that guy, he was awful, and you know him now, David Hoekstein is like the classiest, nicest guy clean cut guy you'll ever meet in the whole world i'm like this is not the same guy who i just rooted heavily against as a fan of against north dakota well that's what happens when you get into that like when you for us as hockey players you get on the ice and that's your stage and you're gonna try to get under the skin and everything and you want the fans to hate you because that fires you up more and uh when once once the jerseys are off the helmets are home gloves are put away um, you know, you try to be the best individual and human you possibly can be. And that's what the, I think the game of hockey actually teaches you if, if you buy into what, what the game is supposed to teach you. Exactly. And he's, he'd be a classic case oh. of that, the Hooger. Oh yeah. Well, he is. He's a beauty. That's for sure. Um, okay. So after your, uh, well, this is something little known fact and I love, I love, you know, shining a light on you a little bit here. You were a hope your senior, you were a Hobie Baker finalist, lost the, the ballot or whatever to Ryan Miller. Um, do you ever coach kids today and they have no idea that you were this good of a hockey player? I coach all kinds of kids that I don't want them to know. My kids probably until I'm going to look back, I'm going to say two years ago where Jackson was probably 13, Jace was a nine. They had no idea I played hockey. They, I didn't, I don't talk about it. I don't bring it up. I'm just a guy that I guess thinks he knows a lot and I just keep it under the, under the, under the radar. And uh, what I do is try to give these kids the, the advice that I, have been given and that I've learned from and mistakes I've made and try to make them better. Uh, the, the reason I bring that up is you and I had been friends for a couple years, two or three years. And 
Um, you'd ask, you couldn't play Jackson or Jace or something, couldn't play in something. I'd love to be there, but it's the 20-year anniversary of our national championship. I'm like, oh, I didn't, <laughs> I mean, I knew you played at North Dakota, but I didn't know you won a national championship. And then someone mentioned days later that you were a Hobie Baker finalist. And I was like, I, he never once told me that he'd won it. And you didn't come out and tell him you won a national championship. You didn't wear the ring on your finger and smash it in my face. It came out in normal discourse, normal conversation that you had won a national championship. And I was very impressed by uh, your humbleness. Yeah, and I, you know, I, th- I think the game has taught me that too. Um, I think the the game teaches you to be humble at times because once you get above and beyond that, you realize that the game is not going to be there forever. No, and no matter how good you were on the ice back in whatever day, right? Yeah, I'm just saying 2000. Um, right now, it doesn't matter in 2020 how no. good you are a hockey player. But you know what does matter every single day is if you get up and you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, I feel like I'm a pretty good guy. I got I got a great family. I got friends that actually put up with me. Yep. And 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 I respect everybody else that I that I, that I get that I come into contact with. Yeah. Well, so I think the game the game the game to me I that that's the biggest thing I think I actually to be honest got out of uh, playing the game of hockey and the culture that I've had. Um, always be humble. Always be kind. There's a song like I I love to listen to it. It's the same thing. Yeah. Because you know what you know what life is bigger. Obviously, with what's going on now, Absolutely. the game the game is what it is. But uh, being a good person, being a great individual, learning your lessons on and off the rink, uh, which makes you the the man, woman, or kid that you are. Right. So after college, uh, you had a seven year career uh, playing professionally. Uh, I didn't know that until today. Um, you played three oh, years. On me. I know, I know. I'm Sorry, <laughs> I don't do that. That's I literally oh, oh. all I really care about is what the next day brings, and today's right? the day, I right? Like yeah. I don't, I don't do a lot of hockey DB on people. If just so you know, it's just not my thing. Um, but you, you played seven. When I, I found the most interesting is you played three years in Europe, and um, and and you trucked little Jackson Panzer around with you uh, while you were in Europe. You and Angie brought Jackson around. You played in Switzerland for a year. You played in the Dutch Elite League or the Deutsche Elite League uh, for a couple of years. What was that experience like? You know, you you basically were kind of a homebody, and you still are. You know, you 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 played in Grand Forks, you played in Fargo, and then you played in Grand Forks, and now you're like world traveler guy, traveling all over Europe. What was that experience like? Well, I'll give you just a quick story. Like, I married my wife after... High school sweetheart, too, right? High school sweetheart. Even though she Um, didn't go to your high school. No, either high school. She went to a much better high school, I believe, right? Red River? She she said we're... We debate every day which side of the tracks is the right side or the wrong side. Yeah. I know which is the right side. I know which is the right side. Well, that's up for debate. We're not going to go into that. But anyway, so me and my high school sweetheart get married. And uh, our first trip is to Worcester, Massachusetts, and I'm not going to go into Worcester. I love Worcester. I love the people in Worcester. Worcester is yeah. just about an hour west of Boston. Boston. Yep. Yep. But we're in, uh, we used to call it Shotgun Street or Shotgun Suites because there was uh, always, you know, sirens and this and that. And I fly her out. We're just, we're, hey, on this is where we're going. And she had really never left North Dakota. Yeah. So anyway, that, so we do that, and I'm out there. We're out there for three years, and 
um, and then bounced around and I was ended up in Syracuse, New York, which is a little different too than what we were used to in Western and then ended up going to Europe. And actually I was up in uh, Manitoba on a tryout with the moose yep. and I got a call and I called her on the way home and I said, Hey, why don't you start packing? And she goes, what? She goes, we're moving to Winnipeg. That's great. I'm going to stay here with Jackson and you can just drive, we'll drive back and forth. And I said, no, we're going to Switzerland. And her, like, I, I don't know what her jaw did. <laughs> I know your wife. This is funny. Yeah, yeah in three days, uh, everything was packed up, and we packed uh, 10 hockey bags full of our stuff for six months or seven months, whatever it was. And we went and got on a plane, and she never missed a beat. Even the day when we first got there, and um, the general manager didn't speak very good English, and we were hungry, and Jackson was hungry, and we asked for a pepperoni pizza, and he always uh, Pepper pizza and no street way. peppers. No. Yeah. yeah, and she still stayed with me, and Jackson was right there, and he ate his uh, whatever we could find him. And uh, that's kind of how the thing has been. But yeah, it's Europe is one of those special places that when you go there, you you learn a lot about yourself too because you're not used to how they live and how they do things. But right, um, it, it's a great experience. Uh, I wouldn't trade that for. Uh, I look back at my career and. Wonder maybe I should have went a year or two earlier and went over there and played a little longer. Yeah. But uh, you learn about culture, you learn about different religions and 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 how people live and 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 just a whole different experience that uh, a lot of people don't ever get a chance to get. And we got to live three years of it, which is, in my opinion, that's uh, three years you can never get back. What kind of name? Uh, what heritage name is is Panzer? Tank. 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 What is that? A German tank. Oh, German tank. Okay, so it is German. It's a hundred percent German. It's All right, German so you tank. got to, you got to maybe see a little bit about where your forefathers came from and learn a little bit about that too. So, like when I'd get an, especially in Germany, when I'd get an assist or a point or a goal or whatever, it'd come across as Jeff Tank. No way. It would not say Panzer. It would say Jeff Tank. Really? Uh, on this, uh, up on the uh, jumbotron. That's and cool. I, and and you and you learn like I said that's that's experience of going overseas. You learn learn stuff about yourself that nobody taught me in history. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I learned it you know overseas, which is awesome. And uh, you know it's it's funny you can you know it's 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 kind of a neat deal. It was one of the meanest, baddest, toughest tanks around, I guess. Love it. I wish Love I was it. a little meaner and tougher. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we have a mailbag today. I told a few people, a few friends, um, that you were coming on the show, and so they sent in some letters. And uh, do you want to, you had a few minutes to answer some questions from across the state? Oh, yeah, sure. All right. Well, this first one comes from Scott in Duluth, and he says, Dear Jeff, of all the coaches which you played for, which one stood out as the best? Scott from Duluth. Yeah, well, it's a pretty easy one for me. It's probably it would be Scott Sandlin. Really? Was one of, yeah, I was assistant coach when I was there, and obviously a great coach, and obviously he's done a tremendous job what he did. But um, I think my biggest influence as a hockey player, as an individual, as a, anything, was Dean Blaze. Okay. Um, he he did a he did a phenomenal job of, of what he did. I I uh, gravitated towards him, and as a mentor, as a person as everything as a coach he was probably top notch all right uh this next one comes from grand forks uh this is tark says as a youth coach today uh jeff what is most important winning 
or getting better? Oh, that's, I mean, get, winning, winning to me means nothing. I think every day these kids need to get better and they need to improve on their skills. Like I said earlier, um, it's not about if you win a tournament or not, it's about, you know, getting the best you can of it. My motto in every single team I coach, there's three things that I expect out of my kids is to work hard, have fun, and then get results. And the results, I don't mean results as being a championship or a trophy. I mean, results are, did you get better today? Did you work your hardest? Did you have fun? But you have to do those three things in, the, in, the, in that order. Is, you know, work hard, have some fun, and then you'll get results. Yeah, and I think, and, and I'd like to elaborate on this, is I think some of the best lessons I've ever learned in life is, is failure and losing, right? And when you win every game, if you go 20-0 and 0 or 50-0, and 0, how much as a coach can you really teach you, you can't. I mean, then that's the thing about it. And it, it doesn't matter what the score is. doesn't matter if you're, you know, if you score 10 goals, did you get better today? And that's, and that's what I expect my kids to get better. And it's, if I got to take a, you know, a youth kid that is, has maybe not the best skating backwards and put him back at D and today you're going to play D. Well, you know what? He's mad for about five seconds playing D and he has, and he learns a little bit about the game and learns how to become a better defenseman. I think the best thing is to do is every time you're on the ice, a game, practice, whatever, teach and, and, and try to get the best out of every individual kid, what they can give you. All right, last question from the mailbag. This one comes from Matt from Moorhead. He writes, uh, Jeff, when you were recruited at North Dakota, did any other schools offer you a scholarship? Oh, that's that's a great one. Matt, I wonder who Matt out of Moorhead would be. <laughs> Could be Matt Cullen, who knows. Could be. Yeah, he's uh, he was the one that actually took me on my visit when I went down to St. Cloud. So yes, they did offer me a scholarship, and uh, he did take me out and and showed me all about the uh, St. Cloud State. But obviously, being born in Grand Forks, North Dakota, you, you're you gotta you gotta understand that there's Sioux pride somewhere in there. And I'm sorry if I well, you had offended been, anybody you, by Sioux. Yeah, but you had been going. You already said it on this show. You'd been going to these games since you were six, seven years old. Yeah, and uh, so I mean, uh, yeah, it was it was a great experience, and uh, you know, obviously a tremendous hockey program. But you're still in your back of your mind, you're hoping and waiting and and, and praying that you get that that uh, that offer that you know to go to play at in your hometown, which is the university with your brother, program, right? With my brother, who was two years older. So there's a lot of things that kind of weighed into that. But, uh, yeah, so I did uh, turn down the scholarship to go to St. Cloud and uh, ended up going to university. Now, they offered, the, the the Huskies offer you a full ride, and I think the, I don't think that Dean Blaze originally gave you 100%. No, he, we had to play, we had to play a little pool there. Uh, he, <laughs> offered, he offered me a little less than 100% or a full scholarship, and it kind of came down to, and I think he thought he was going to push me around a little bit. And I because you're a local lot. guy, right? I mean, well, yeah, and your brother was there, yeah. like, who's going to say yeah. no, right? Yeah, who's going to say no to this? And I think he thought he had it, and he just told me that, wow, that's fine. That's all you're getting unless you only take some money away from your brother next year. And I said, that's fine. I said, I don't, <laughs> have, a, I don't have a problem with that. And he said, are you serious right now? And I said, I'm 100% serious. And he said... Well, okay, then, you know, we'll give you, you know, your full scholarship, but your brother's going to lose scholarship money, and 
ends up being my brother never lost up any of his scholarship money. He was right. Dean Blaze. He was just Dean threatening Blaze, you, right? Which which Dean Blaze was he was uh, very good at doing what he did. He was elite at at playing mind games, wasn't he? Yeah, he did it. He, he, I think he pushed every kid to the limit. And for me, I needed to be pushed to my limit to understand why he was doing it. You know, and uh, like I said, it made me a better hockey player, made me a better person, um, and sometimes made me a better all around just human being. Right, right. All yeah. right, now we're gonna now that we're done with the. With the mailbag, we're going to talk a little bit of youth hockey and 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 your move from Grand Forks, North Dakota, to East Grand to East Side hockey. Um, talk some trends about today's hockey versus growing up in the uh, uh, '90s playing hockey. Uh, do you see any differences? I mean, there's some that are differences. There's some. There's some things that are just always going to be the same, right? Yeah, I mean, I grew up in the '80s, really. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. You know, I mean, going 78, dude, I'm getting old. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, you know, it was like, there wasn't a lot of structure for us. And we'd go around to the park and practice and you skate once a week. And now, um, you know, moving into what we're doing now with, you know, school age kids, there's station work. There's, uh, you know, we do it in East Grand Forks as PEP and uh, a lot of skill development stuff that, you know, it was never, that wasn't a thing. You went out and had fun and just played the game. And now it's a, it's, it's, it's a different game. Do I, do I know hundred percent right now saying it's going to be any better? I don't know. I think a lot of us that played in that era did just fine. But, uh, I, I do think there's, there's improvements that are being made and, uh, I think you just got to accept it. I was hard at accepting for a while. Yeah, well, we'll get to that in a little bit deeper here. So, um, you you said a great word there, structured. So you had less structure uh, in the '80s, sorry, uh, '80s and '90s when you were were growing up and learning the game. And there's more structure today. What do you like better? I like less structure, to be honest, at, at certain times. But you need more structure. These kids are structured, I think, and I don't know if it's just how the kids are. Um, wired now i guess i can say that word weird yep um, um everything for them is structured you know at school at with this you know extra stuff um back in the day it was kind of it seemed like it was more of a free-for-all um and it, it worked fine back then right now yeah, I, it's more structured so as coaches i guess we should confine to being a little more structured right um like i said i don't know the answer if it's better or worse um um I still like the unstructured stuff. I still like my kids on, on once a week just to let them go have fun. Um, right. I did I did this year. I did five outdoor practices. A lot of these kids at, at uh, second year sports, which are 11 years old, mm-hmm. have never done an outside practice. Really? And it was some of our best practices ever. Yeah. Just because it was a little less loose and just because they're outside. So, I mean, structure with a little, I think you got to do a little bit of both now. Yeah. Back in the day, it was go out and just your books wrong, and that's your practice. Yeah. And now, if you, I think if you can, I think you got to find a happy medium, which is hard to do. Um, I'm not the best at it, but I'm trying my hardest to figure it out. It but almost, it seemed like it worked for us. It almost seems like time is more valuable today than it was back when we were growing up, don't you think? So, like, okay, yes. if they're going to spend an hour out there, well, we better make good value of this time, you know? Yeah, but what's, what's value? I don't know what value is. I don't anymore. know. You know, and that's where I'm at, too. And that's why, like, I decided this year, is the nice days that we had, I would, you know, get the outdoor rink and I'd book it for an hour for the boys and they'd go out there and 
I would do 45 minutes of some drills that I want to do and work on some skill. And then you have 15, 20 minutes, you guys run off the ice, you guys go play and have fun. All right. And I think it sure helped the kids. So I, I was very intentional in saying our, our interview comes from East Grand Forks, Minnesota, because you now are a resident of Minnesota. Let's walk through the move from Grand Forks to East Grand Forks. And, and you're bold. You're a bold young man. And you will say you moved to North, from North Dakota to Minnesota because of hockey. Talk about that. 110%. Uh, uh, you know, no disrespect to North Dakota hockey at all because I was born and raised in it. And uh, I just knew the schedule, the competition, the exposure the overall experience i mean granted we didn't make it this year at east grand forks as a high school kid to go play at the xl compared to going to play there were so many different reasons i did it for but at the end of the day and i i always told myself i would never be that parent to move for hockey but right i guess on this uh the front i got to eat a little bit of crow yeah and say i didn't love that but in the same token uh Either either high school that Jackson would have been at this year, you yep. know, is a great hockey program. Grand Forks Central, Grand Forks Red River. Right. Not to say any other programs are bad. I'm just saying I just I it, as a family we decided for the overall experience, your overall enjoyment, the overall everything for both of our boys. Uh, East Grand Forks to us was uh, in Minnesota was the the best possible thing that we could have done, and then uh, my boys are loving it. And that's the most important thing that they're both happy enjoying themselves. And we've been uh, more, you know, made great friends and, and, and been welcomed in the community, which is awesome. What was the line that you used? Uh, Why, you know, you didn't move to East Grand Forks because of what was the reason? Well, I didn't move over there to pay less taxes and my job didn't change. You know, right. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, it wasn't doing one thing for me. Actually, I had to pay more taxes and, <laughs> to drive farther and to drive work. farther to work. You know, but you know, I just figured I wanted to give my boys a great experience, and we're playing teams that in, right now in North Dakota, um, unfortunately, they don't get to play. Right now, you have East Grand's. Other than some of its northwest Minnesota, you got a chance to play some metro teams. You had to play St. Cloud Cathedral. I mean, you're the the the. You should look at our. Did you look at our schedule? Don't you see how many teams we played? What? We played the state champion. Oh right, for sure you did. I mean, I mean, it, it, our our schedule in East Grand Forks, and obviously I looked at that before too, and to see that caliber of of kids and players, and you got Moorhead, you got Rose of War Road. Matamita, Cathedral, Delano, um, who am I missing? You know, I can go on and on. Hermantown. Yeah, no, we didn't get a miss. No, no, but you, but you, you get access to the the Class A is still good, and then the Double A is good too. You're going to play Roseau, and you're going to play Moorhead every year. I mean, these are some really good teams, right? Really good teams. And that's and that's what you want as I think as a kid. Yeah, Um, they don't understand it yet. I think they do, but they don't understand. Fully understand, and they don't probably appreciate it, right? Yeah, fully understand why you make these decisions and, and do these things. And, um, um, but, yeah, the schedule, I, I mean, our schedule, you're granted, you're going to have a few of them that you you just, you just you, you play and you deal with, but that's everywhere. It doesn't matter what right. where you're at. You're where you're at. 
And yeah, even even Edina has to play Hopkins once a year, right? So, yeah, yep, <laughs> so you're yep, gonna yep, have a few yeah. of those, right? Yeah, and and and, that, and that's to be. I, mean, I thought as a, as a team, as a, I mean, as players, I think by playing those teams, you realize exactly where you stack up and realize what you need to work on and how you need to get better, and and what you can do to improve yourself as a player and an individual, I guess. So you said a few minutes ago that you had to eat some crow. I have some more crow for you to eat. Um, oh we saw each other in like November, late November when East Grand came and played Orno and Delano. And you had talked about the squirt program at East Grand Forks where they don't really play organized games until maybe January 1st. And to say, I'll, I'll be as polite as I can about it, oh. you were not very enthused with East Grand Forks squirt program. And now today, as we head into April, tell me about your opinion from November until today. I will tell you, obviously, being raised and, and always coached my way, Yes. And doing things my way for me to jump on board with a different, totally different idea of how to do things was not easy for me. Um, I'm not ever going to say I'm a control freak. My wife will do that for me. Right. But um, Pep, I think, has been one of the best things that I've actually taken into this account. Power, Power Edge Pro. Yep. Yep. And done a very good job. Um, we did in-house up until uh, the 1st of January. So this means A players, B players, C players, all playing together. All together, practicing together, working on stuff. We did cr- cross-ice hockey up until January. Um, and and seeing the development of uh, my best players, which would be your A players and your bottom players, which are your C players, just I think everybody got better by just doing the things that, that uh, East Grand Forks did this year. Um, I kind of jumped over the fence and decided that, you know what, I, I engaged it, which is not easy for me to say. Yep. I don't really normally do that because I like it to be done my way. Um, I, think Panzer, I think Panzer is German for pride, isn't it? Have a yeah, lot of pride, well, there's, much there's, pride. Yeah there's, yeah, there's some stuff there. But <laughs> I, 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 I was overwhelmed with, especially once we split up into teams and to see how our group responded to all the stuff that we had worked on, you know, from October until, you know, uh, February. And you guys uh, did pretty well. That squirt A team did pretty well uh, at the Fargo international. Yeah. We, you know, we lost out in the, uh, um, districts and, um, well, that's a darn good world team. They were ended up the year, yep. like two or three in the state. So, and then, right. and then Fargo, you top eight, right? Well, yeah. And, you know, in that game there, I mean, that's what I keep answering. The hardest thing for me was, you know, we lost one game, or, or, or we lost that game to them, which would have put us. Fargo uh, Black, who won the yeah, title, right? Yeah, which would have put us in championship. How good was that team, by the way? Just sidebar, that's a really good team. They're a very good team. And the, the, the hard part for me to swallow is we had a three-minute, and I call it brain fart, where yeah. we forgot how to play the game, and they scored about four goals on us. But we were leading up to that point. <laughs> so, get rid of a three-minute brain fart. And, yeah. But, you know, hats off to, you know, my group who, you know, bought into uh, my philosophy and, 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 and trusting each other and understanding the process, which I say is work hard, work hard, have fun, get results. Yeah. And that's and they bought into it and they worked their butts off. And um, I think it's probably in East Grand Forks history the uh, – either the first, second best finish that that squirt team's ever had in the squirt international 
which says a lot about what we've done and what we're trying to do here moving forward as our youth program. The skill development is huge and, and often ignored at the, those young ages for in exchange for winning. So I think that's probably the vision, whoever had that vision. Uh, who, who was the guy who had this vision well, at, I think it's, in East Grand Forks? Well, I think it's a combination between Judd Stelson and Tyler Palmasino. I think they've done a lot of research on uh, on doing how to make these kids better and how to get them ready for the next the, the next step. I mean, we got our high school teams doing this pep stuff too. I mean, every every kid at every level needs to experience it. And it's it's tough. It's tough. It's not the funnest thing. It's not going working on your one timer. No, it's, no, no. It's not or, getting backdoor or, passes it's, or unstructured play. Right. This no, is very no. structured, isn't it? It's very structured. And, uh, and I think, I think all the kids are buying in and I think every group from, uh, especially, you know, mites, I mean, mites are mites, but from squirts on all the way up to the high school program, I think they, they've realized how much better each of them has gotten because of doing that stuff and buying into doing it the right way. Um, we've only talked, this is 48 minutes and we've only spent about 15 to 20 seconds on Angie Panzer, which is the really the uh, the rock of your life. Um, it's a neat story. You guys dated in high school, got married, have two great kids. Um, she's a team manager, so I, I, she's, I sometimes deal with her more than I deal with you And as far as events are concerned. How great is it to have a woman like Angie kind of in your life help you keep it structured, but uh, just, just, a, just a great person? Yeah, you know, you probably, and there's some weeks that you talk to me more than I do. Yes, um, I do. I mean, this uh, this spring's been a little bit slower, so I probably talk to her quite a bit more than I do. But, um, no, she is, uh, and she knows it, and I know what, she is the rock that keeps this piece of puzzle together. She's dealing with three kids. And yes. She tells me all the time I'm, I'm the biggest one of them all. But she does a great job. She's uh, the most supporting, loving wife that anybody could ask for. Um, great mom that does anything and everything she, that she can for her kids, supports them, um, encourages them, and takes care of the stuff that I don't have time for or uh, neglect to take the time to do it. And uh, uh, just keeps everything rolling so that uh, we can keep moving forward. And yeah, she's uh, she is a bookkeeper of the family, that's for sure. Yeah, she's the she's the rock. She's always one that I very much look forward to seeing at the rink. She's very well grounded. She's definitely has a hockey background herself. So um She had to. You know what I mean? She's only since fourteen. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So, Jeff, uh, I hate to interrupt your uh, your fishing excursion with Osmus and Parker. Uh, good luck knocking out the rest of the fish today. Appreciate you joining us on the Pizza Pod today. I appreciate it. That's uh, I don't think they're really crushing them, so we'd have heard it. I'm sure they'd have been yelling in the window, but uh, I don't see a lot of yelling going on right now. So no, no, hoop, hooping and, no hooping and hollering, huh? No hooping and hollering right now. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's always a pleasure, Tony. I appreciate you having me on. Well, we appreciate it too. Uh, and I know I'll see you at the rink very soon. Good luck on the lake today. Uh, thanks again to Jeff Panzer from uh, Grand Forks, East Grand Forks, Minnesota, for sharing his uh, story here on the Pizza Pod. We'll see you guys tomorrow.